sort of you know internalized internet that we have the problem for us on earth and this is a very wise i wouldn't call it a problem it's a normalcy we do not know how to perceive such such messages we we have not you know gone through the processes to open up the sort of non-physical anatomy that allow us to tune and receive and understand and even be aware of the stuff that's coming in and so it is my firm belief that each and every one of us within this sort of physical life cycle who makes a choice to develop themselves on a much more spiritual or energy level will invariably receive extraterrestrial contact it is part of your journey here on earth to receive the understanding of the many versions of yourself but it's also a choice for for those of us that will find this broadcast in the space of time i really want to say no matter who you are at this stage of the journey there is a literal new version of you approaching there's a new element of your identity and you are living on earth in the stage in which um there is literal magic afoot the mission right now is getting to know yourself, understanding that there is an ancient mystic, there is an ancient healer, and there is a spiritual warrior inside each of us. And this world needs you now more than ever. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always, a blessing to be with you all again. And today I have on the show an extraordinary human being, Matthew Mornian. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It is an honor to be here. I mean that sincerely. (laughs) Thanks, darling one. I've been watching you over the years. You're, You're busy. You've been doing a lot. You've been putting a lot out there and Uh, doing your work in the world and really for you being the who you are today has been a relatively new thing it's it's not been like 20 30 years it's been only the last I don't know half a dozen years that is correct yeah I, I had a very rapid and what some people call a chaotic awakening process it was a very sudden sort of tearing open of the fabric of my reality but um, yeah, I literally started a whole new chapter of my life. And so, yep, we are about, I'd say five or six years, maybe a little bit more into it, but I have such a horrible concept of time. It could have been one year or it could have been 20. I'm like, who knows? But yeah, so. I know, I know. Time has no meaning for me either anymore. Let me tell people a little bit about you and uh, what you've been going through. So in 2015, Matthew had an extraordinary spiritual awakening in an energy session and later that year with a mantid being, which left him feeling more open and aware of our multidimensional reality. As a former addiction counsellor and mental health professional, Matthew's primary focus has been on clearing negative energies that can block us from truly knowing ourselves and realising our full potential and our purpose here. Today, Matthew Morian is a professional psychic reader and intuitive healer specializing in the release and removal of negative energetic manifestations from the body. His current mission is to assist with healing of the human body and our collective consciousness through the activation 
of our expanding multidimensional intuitive healing abilities. In 2019, Matthew was guided to form an intuitive healing program for expanding multidimensional beings who have chosen to be of service to humanity during the great dimensional shift. The School of Multidimensional Intuition was born and in the time since has grown into a global multidimensional educational project whose purpose is to reawaken the great mystic, ancient healer and spiritual warrior in us all. And your website is rememberyourmission.com. Okay, let's get into 2015. So who, who were you before that? Like oh, wow. you've, you've been on a pretty intense journey, right? You've sort of played yes, with yes. density and... Yeah, tell us, tell us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, to, okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll go all the way back to 2015. And thank you for everyone that will be seeing this later, because I, I in, invariably find when I tell this story, there's a number of other people that show up and they're like, God, same thing happened to me. But in 2015, uh, I was in essentially another body on another timeline and just another chapter of my life. I was working um, as an addiction counselor, um, doing just uh, individual and group therapy in San Diego, California, out here in the US. And I was working at a homeless fair trying to do outreach for homeless veterans at the time. I, I just happened to be walking through this outdoor fair and a woman was all, can I give you an energy blessing? And I said, yes. And she just put her hands on my head and you know, it was honestly, it was about a minute of my life and everything changed after that. Uh, about a month later, I started to experience massive changes um, just in myself, within my body, within my emotions. Um, and what I came to found out was that I had a rapid crown chakra opening process in 2015 that facilitated what some people um, have understood, depending on what area, you know, of spirituality you subscribe to, um, what we call a walk-in event or what other people call a soul braiding event, in which essentially another version of myself kind of activated within the body. And so um, at that stage of my life, I was, you know, very much within the third density career cycle, you know, married, um, doing my thing. And I would say within a year, uh, honestly, within about six months of that date, um, everything had changed in my life to the extent that I was entering an entirely new identity period. And so for me, 2015 was this catalyzing journey of just absolute insanity. It was very chaotic. I walked around for probably three months or so talking to animals and staring at trees in this really wild way. And so it was a multi-year journey out of that, but what I discovered was that there was a literal new identity forming within my body, and I had to have a very kind of like a rupture within my energetic system to allow that to take place. And so um, hopefully a bit of that makes sense, but for me, it's been a very wild journey. A little, I would say about two years after that in 2017, after this just rapid process of all kinds of change and remembering I made a choice, one of the craziest things I ever did in my life. And uh, I left my marriage, I left my job, I left the home that we owned, I left all of my belongings <laughs> and I put it on the curb and I drove away and I started this literal new chapter of my life. Fast forward to 2021 and yes, we're leaving tons of stuff out, but here we are now and you and I are talking. And so um, whatever occurred for Matthew in 2015, something must have taken place. And so now what we do is help other people that are going through the same process and figure out what their real mission is here on earth. And so that might've been a mouthful. I hope it makes sense, but yeah. 
totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. But I think this, you're not alone. I think this is happening to a lot of people and, uh, you know, the awakening can, yeah, can rock your world and, and put you in a state of complete confusion as you reawaken to a new identity. You know, you think, you think you know who you are and then you're actually nothing like you think you were. Like, who the hell am I? So, you know, for me and for my generation and uh, for people that are, are, you know, awakened 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was a lot slower process. But what I'm noticing now is when people wake up, they're like, they're waking up and they haven't got time to, you know, F around. <laughs> sort of, they sort of need to integrate all this stuff. So how did you start integrating it? You know, you said that 2015 yeah. was crazy. How oh, yeah. did you start integrating it? Well, I had to come to a lot, go through a lot, well, just a very, very distinct and intense healing journey. And for me, um, for most of my life, I was a very, very addicted person. I went through just wild addictive tendencies. I had a very turbulent earlier stage of my life. I had all sorts of incarcerations and just difficult things that happened in my journey. If you would have told me in 1995 that in 2017, you know, all this would make sense and all the trauma and sanity and darkness was actually leading me toward a path of, you know, healing that in others, I would have, you know, there would have been no way that I could could have possibly conceptualized it. So for me, it was just a tremendous path of self-healing. But what I found was, while much of that had taken place and most of the, you know, the, the physical drama in my life had passed by the time I had had the spiritual awakening, I was essentially stuck. I was trapped in this identity stage. I was stuck in a very stagnated area of my life. And for me, the sort of gateway, at least some of the first gateways out of that sort of ultra pressurized, insane sort of awakening period came in the form of visitations and guides and beings that started showing up in my life. And as a mental health worker professionally at the time, working at honestly a government funded treatment facility, it's not, you know, you can't start going around saying, hey guys, this giant praying mantis being showed up in my room yesterday and told me I have a mission. You know what I mean? You cannot go around saying that. But what I began to discover was that as I I would, you know, connect with people in the job that I was having, I started viewing other elements of them. And I started having these really, really crazy experiences. And so um, one of the primary ways that I learned how to sort of channel or in some cases, in some cases, control, in some cases, release, in some cases, activate non-physical body was through an understanding of our energetic anatomy, primarily the chakra system, uh, the meridian body, um, what some people call the nadial complex, and also through uh, what, you know, most recently, one of the most fascinating areas of the body, the lymphatic system and the sort of crystalline network that's growing within. And so for me, um, I started having a number of experiences where I would literally wake up in the morning about four, three, three o'clock in the morning, you know, at some point, and it was as if my body was glowing and there was these glowing lines and strange things all over my body. And honestly, Karen, it freaked me out. And I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I needed to get medicated, but I found that when I touched those little lines, um, there was an experience. I could feel an organ. I could feel a memory. I could, there was like this depth of experience and emotion within the body. And that only happened for me, honestly, about three times, I think, but to the extent that it showed 
showed me unequivocally before I knew what any of these channels were that there was channels of energy, emotion, experience, memories within the physical body. And so after a number of experiences with people over the next few years, it became my literal obsession to understand and learn how to heal non-physical anatomy. Um, and so for me, it was through opening the chakras for learning how to balance the meridians and also really through, um, and I know this is kind of a long-winded answer, but opening up emotional density in the organs, which I believe is one of the areas that we're moving into many of us on earth as healers and mystics is we're opening up organ chakras and new levels and so hopefully that makes sense but yes for me it's been through an understanding and healing of energetic anatomy and so. wow that's a lot that's a lot that's happened to you i remember when i was uh, massaging years ago i had uh, a vision of exactly what you were talking about but instead of seeing golden lines i saw this electric blue energy like meridian energy like i, su I suppose as if i was looking at the blood vessels that were lit up in this energetic blue energy running through the body. I'll never forget it. I've only actually ever experienced seeing that once. Um, but when I saw it, I knew exactly what I was looking at. I, I knew exactly that I was looking at these, these energy lines running through the body. And I just thought, oh, wow, cool. Yeah. Let's talk about you and the mantid being. So what happened during that awakening? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, honestly, for me, I believe that was that was one of the first conscious contact experiences that I had had with what we would call an extraterrestrial or alien consciousness. And it was it was not something that I had planned to have at that stage of my life. This was actually this was in about early 2016. And I was doing a very particular type of a meditation at the time. I was very interested in breath work, breath of fire, what some people call Wim Hof breathing, really just hyper oxygenating the human body and opening up, you know, stagnancy, emotion, blockages within the chakra body. And I was doing a specific type of a meditation where they had you breathe through the chakras and, you know, just doing a morning spiritual maintenance type thing. And right as I got up to the very top of the crown chakra, or right as they started the crown chakra, there, there was this pop. It was like this literal pop that occurred. Um, and I, I, I was face to face suddenly with what appeared to be a gigantic praying mantis that was larger than the room that I was in, um, which is always an interesting thing when, when you're in a physical space and there's something that is bigger than the physical space. And yet there we were. Um, and, you know, the human mind just wonders and it's just like oh, it was this incredible energy. It was the most love that I had ever felt at the time. Um, and I felt that they were proud of me, which is always a crazy thing to say. It's always wild to say, you know, I became face to face with this giant praying mantis and I felt that they were proud of me. I felt that he was happy to see me. It was like a congratulatory moment. And right as I, you know, sat there with that being looking at this giant being, there was no fear. There was this deep shock. And as soon as I asked in my mind, what are you? What is this? Who are, you know, just the human mind kicks in and we go through this, you know, what's going on? Um, and he turned into a boy instantly turned into what looked like, I would say maybe 14, 16, 18, you know, very, very young male uh, humanoid being very, very dark skin, you know, possibly Indian, if you want to add some sort of an ethnicity appearance to him. Um, and he was just smiling at me. He had these red bands around his arms. He had two red bands and he was just sitting there like, like looking at me with this incredible look of joy. And then and they were gone. And it, it was honestly at that stage of my life, it was the most real thing that I had ever experienced. 
Um, and, you know, for days after that, there was like this sort of uh, like this residue upon me. It was like everything was heightened. Everything was stronger. It was like there was light that I could see at the time that I have never seen since. Wavelengths of light that were visible in the air that were sort of like currents that I remember watching. Um, and it was only after that experience. And so, you know, granted at the time, we were in a climate within the spiritual community here, at least the one that I was in, in which there was this sort of very prescribed process through which you will connect with extraterrestrial energy. And we were told, well, that's not how it happens. That's not what it is. Um, and so for me, I just kept it inside. There was no one for me to tell. And I just left it there and I started you know finding other people but for me that was how it started shortly afterward and I'll, I will you know pause after this but they came back again and a couple of times and actually you know gave me a series of instructions and things that transformed my entire life and so anyway that was where that started for me so yeah well I, I want to know more I've got a million questions um when you asked who are you where are you from why are you talking to me did did, did they it answer they answer your questions Actually, yes. And thank you for asking that because I have told this story a few times in interviews and I don't think any, I think one person has ever asked what he actually said. And so I said, what are you? Who are you? And he said, Ezekiel, brother Ezekiel. There he went. It was like, oh, so brother. when you saw the boy, did yeah. you recognize the boy? Like, did you feel, cause I'm, I'm thinking the boy is you. I think it is too. I think yeah. you were saying that. I also was wondering if that was, you know, years later, as we sort of unpacked this wild stuff for like, I wonder, maybe that was me on another plane. I would go so far as to say, especially in understanding what each of us comes to view in our own way as the multidimensional higher self counsel is that each of those appearances are actually an element of the self in the multidimensional realms. And what a lot of us, you know, understand is our spirit guides or the hierarchy of beings that surround us are actually versions of us that lend our consciousness to the now moment here on earth in a variety of ways and so ultimately i think it was me but you know yeah i think it was you as an um an indigenous like an, an american indian um here on earth actually i think he was showing you your past life a past life yeah uh, absolutely i am actually native american uh gen um I guess genetically is the word now. Oh, yeah, really? I'm actually Native American, yeah, Zuni and Apache. And so, yeah, it's, it, it is actually a thing for me. You're, you're actually right. So. Yeah, it, it was all a part of like waking up the memory of who you are and why you're here and, and some training that you'd had, um, some training that you'd had on earth because obviously having an indigenous life so connected to Mother Gaia, so connected to the energies of earth is beautiful training. Uh, for us as healers really beautiful training I've seen myself in as American Indian many times I was sitting at a concert once a friend of mine had a conscious music space listening to someone sing and I looked down at my body physically and I was sitting in this little brown body and I had this long I was a woman had this long dark hair for some reason I just was sitting in this uh, uh, American sort of native indigenous American Indian body and I'm just thinking oh it's so strange but yeah I've seen many past lives of me as an indigenous, not Australian indigenous, but American. Indigenous. Oh, probably. Yeah. It actually makes total sense for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what, so the mantid said Ezekiel and what, how, how do they help you as a teacher? What are they teaching you? What are they showing you about who we are as humans and what's possible? 
It's a very good question. Well, after that initial experience, really nothing, but what it did was it showed me and it taught me something and it set myself and or set my life into this really interesting new spin. And so fast forward to a couple of months later, I had another contact experience with them in a group meditation and they actually showed me the origin point for many of us for what we would call our soul or our consciousness, or at least in this case, it was me. And they showed us how I had passed through the sun and I had come through this portal um, and spread through many different areas of the galaxy, like the fractalizing of the, you know, the universal self. Um, and even at that stage of the journey, I was unable to perceive what it was they were telling me to do. And even in that very first experience, you know, the human mind is like, what, what does this mean? What do I do? You know, and there's tears streaming down my face, like, you know, tell me something. And um, at that stage of the journey, the only message that I received from these beings, other than them me showing them showing me where I came from, um, they said, purify your body over and over again, to the extent that it was like, I didn't hear it. It was like, purify your body. And I was like, oh, what do I do? Tell me an answer. Purify. What's the, you know what I mean? I kept doing that over and over again. And so what it meant for me um, was that I actually had to clear the gut. I had to clear my physical body. I had to clear all of the, the pharmaceutical medications out of my body. I had to stop using drugs and alcohol. I had to create this absolute fundamental change within my physical infrastructure to allow this path of remembering. And so shortly thereafter, um, the mantis being showed up a couple of times and they actually opened up a door, I think, within me, within the crown chakra, which a lot of people here have. There's another piece of anatomy in the back of the head known as the bindu chakra or the moon portal that upon opening those we start to have much more uh just interactivity with past lives concurrent also existing lives and selves and so i think that was one of the initial things it helped me kind of open up a multi-dimensional doorway in the body but later on um there's a very particular group that showed up that i think needs to be talked about because there's many people on the earth plane that are having contact with these beings and it is a very tall race of very tall dark skin shamanic looking zulu type beings or some sort of Dogon tribe beings. They're quite different than humanoids. They do look a bit different, but I did have an experience in which they actually, I believe I was attuned to a certain type of extraterrestrial healing technology known as scalar uh, scalar toning. That's the name that I gave it, um, but it was essentially a vibration of scalar wave energy from the body. And so for me, that took place in 2017. And um, I was actually taken out of body. I was working at a psychic shop in Los Angeles at the time, just doing work and doing healings and stuff. And one day I just sat down to do a meditation and I was instantly kind of like the mantis experience instantly taken um, out of body to a very red place. It was like this red earth, dark brown earth. And in front of me were these very tall men, very black skinned, doing this sort of shamanic dance and moving around. And very much like other times, the human mind is like, what are we doing? What's going on? And these men came up to me and held their hand out and they went, and they blew some sort of dust out. Um, well, actually, prior to that, they put their hands over my body, just like they made this strange wall over me. And it was one of those moments where it's like you kind of observe yourself going through it. It's like you don't really have control and you're observing this process. And they blew this thing into my face and I was immediately taken to another place. And I know this is kind of a long story, so bear with me. But um, they took me into this other room and there was actually a child. There was one of these beings laying on a table to my right. Um, and it was had 
this very interesting wound on its head. It was like a glowing sort of crack, reminiscent of, it's always a cheesy thing, but it'll give you an image kind of like Harry Potter, how there was this crack, you know, this scar on the head. But in this case, this child, it was like oozing this glowing thing out of it. And I observed myself. I did not do this consciously. I observed myself walk over to it and put my hand on its head and pull this sort of, sounds cheesy, but it was like a glowing slug. I watched myself pull this strange glowing thing out of this child's head. And here's the crazy thing, Karen, the sound came out and it was like this tone. It was like this, the sound was coming out. And after that, you know, I ended up leaving that scene. A number of things happened. And here we are two weeks later after that. And I started making that sound in my healing sessions. I consciously decided to mimic it. And a literal entirely new wavelength of healing modality was born. And ever since it's been the thing that we do, it's the thing that we teach. And so I believe that those extraterrestrial contacts actually set up a literal healing modality for us to use here. And so anyway, I know that's a long-winded story, but um, yeah, that's how it happened. It's a fabulous story. Uh, so it, what exactly is scalar energy? Oh, very good question. Thank you. Um, well, here's the thing. I think we are all still understanding what this actual frequency is on earth. It's a thing we're all kind of unpacking, but one thing we do know, it does seem to have first be, have been officially observed by a man named William Clerk Maxwell sometime in the 1800s. I don't know the date, so don't quote me on that, but I know that William Clerk Maxwell was one of the first people that observed essentially a frequency or a wavelength of frequency that was emitted through technology and also through the human body that had the ability to travel through a now, this is always a woo-woo statement across space and time and absolutely literally with no loss of strength, no loss of integrity. And what they found was that it was this sort of impenetrable frequency that had the ability to persist where all other human frequencies did not. And so what we find is that even though we do not understand the, the actual, you know, the technology or the terms or the sort of third density understanding behind scalar technology, we understand that the human body can emit it. And so one of the easiest ways in which we can create this wavelength that can reach anyone in any place at any time, which is always a dicey thing to say in the energetic realm, is through the power of voice and through a conscious vibration that one creates with the body. And so um, I believe it's just a form of using our human technology that we are given for new purposes and honestly for ancient purposes, because by my understanding in opening up this sort of vibratory, vibratory centers in the body, um, we discovered that many civilizations on earth have been using this time and time again. It's not actually new, it's returning places. Um, I believe one of them was Gobekli Tepe was a very, very, uh, a very resonant place where people would actually go to be attuned to this scalar wave frequency. And so um, anyway, it's just one of the many modalities available on earth for opening up the human body. So interesting that you mentioned Gobekli Tepe. I was uh, looking at someone, the last person I had on the show, uh, Craig Campobasso said, oh, you should check out uh, Stein. What was her name? Somebody Stein. And so I checked her out yesterday and she speaks all about Gobekli Tepe. Um, so basically scalar technology is just a frequency. It's just a vibratory frequency that you can tune into. And when you do, it gives you access to what sort of moving through space and time in some that's way. A, that's a very good question. I can tell you very specifically what we use it for. Um, we use it to harmonize 
to open up, to purge what some people call density, whether that be emotional, physical, or otherwise from the chakras, from the meridians, um, from the lymphatic system, from the actual organs, and also from the non-physical layers of the organs. As I'm sure you're aware, each of the organs are developing their own unified kind of chakra system. It's a little bit of a kind of an offshoot of the, of the sort of pre-existing chakra system, kind of like new infrastructure that's being born. And so uh, scalar wave technology or human-created scalar wave technology is one of many forms it's one of many channels of healing that are available to us one of the reasons why it's rising up on the earth plane right now is because every single person here has the ability to use the power of voice whether that be declaratively whether that be through singing whether that be well there's a number of ways in which we'll use it but it's 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 gaining in its ability to transmit or change uh, much like everything is what some people call ascending or going through a bit of a dimensional shift as the human body activates this this frequency is more apparent within us. And um, right now there is a concerted effort on behalf of, you know, what some people call the powers that be or were to actually silence or deaden this ability within the body. Um, and so, yeah, scalar wave technology, it's really, it's, it's something that everyone has, but not everyone will go to the lengths to use or to develop, which is why we do this training program. Um, there are, I've been listening to friends for years talking because there are machines out there that generate this frequency. Oh, this scalar machine, this scalar machine. And they've been talking about it for years and I've never really investigated it. I'm like, oh, interesting. I've never really investigated it. What do you think of the machines? Do you think it's better to... Um Oh, you have a really good question. Thank you for asking all this. Um, I actually have one right over there next to me in the room. And um, honestly, I was a person in the beginning when I when I first started learning about really how to send non-physical energy, how to receive it, what it feels like, the way it works, how, you know, how all those things happen. I was very skeptical of certain types of healing technology. You know, one of my one of my big pet peeves is the idea that the government's going to give us a med bed and all of your physical problems are going to go away forever. Um, that's really not the way it works on Earth, but we we have been given many, many different types of healing technology, both physical and non-physical, that facilitate the exact same changes. And so scalar technology, or the physical version of it, is available all over the planet right now. It is something that you can purchase. It's one of the suppressed technologies, and it absolutely works, but it's more about what you do with it. It's more about the configuration of such. It's more about how it's used, the, the, the way that, you know, there's so many variables that for a lot of people, when they first start using this technology, or especially rife technology, technology as well, which is a really big one. Um, it really depends on how it's configured. And I think for each person, they'll respond to it differently. That's why I think in, in order for the human body to receive rife technology or even scalar wave from a technological device, we have to go through a very dedicated heavy metal detox first, because otherwise a lot of people, they, they don't necessarily able to receive it, but they're, they are legit. And I have experienced a tremendous chapter of healing, uh, through using a couple of them. And so, um, so yeah. do you think it's more powerful using the human voice or do you think the machine is more powerful or it just doesn't matter? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think the human, uh, the human consciousness, whether, uh, you know, in whatever form it is on earth right now is the most adaptable, changeable. And if you want to call it powerful, sure, we could call it powerful. I believe we have the ability to create any wavelength or frequency within the human body, all the way down to the extent that we can regrow new organs, create fire in our hands, all sorts of things. And so to me, I choose to believe that the organic human is still the number one, most powerful and operable sort of, you know, energy that we are working with on the human plane. I think it's what we come here to master and work with. And so, right. yeah, there's, there's, there's healing stuff that will do something the human body can do better, but um, we can create and do all of those things right now. So I hope that makes sense. 
So as far as the med beds go, because I think you're right, I posted in my Difference Makers group on Facebook, um, in my Difference Makers page, something about a med bed. And that post went viral. Like everyone just loves the idea of being able to lie in this med bed and just be completely healed of everything that's ever wrong with you. And um, But you've got a bit of a different idea about it. Well, I do. And I also know <laughs> there is actually technology that exists in a number of places that can actually accomplish very much similar things. It's not that it's not real. I mean, there are forms of technology or healing that's being used on earth and off, off planet that will blow the human mind that, you know, even those of us who think we know right now, we've got no idea. Um, and so it, it is a real thing. But by, by my understanding and what I have seen within the collective consciousness is that humanity is at a stage in which we are being tasked with learning how to heal the self. And it's one of the gateway experiences that we go through as we go through a dimensional shift. It's kind of the, you know, the path toward knowledge of self, healing of the self. Um, and so when a certain, I think a critical mass of people has gone through enough of the awakening journey, many of these things will become available later on. But right now, for those of us that are kind of holding our hope into the idea that something is going to be given to us by the powers that be who are currently tracking and suppressing the humans on earth, you think they're going to turn around and give us a med bed. I just don't see it happening. But what I do know, absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt is that we have the technology within the human body capable of doing much more at this very moment. So the reality is we don't even need it. So so what you're saying is, um, and it's really what the ETs say, all of them, we need to stop looking outside ourselves for something or someone to save us because this has been the paradigm that has been set up on this planet. You get sick, you go to the doctor, he, she, fixes you and you have no power over your own healing process that's been the paradigm thus far and so what you're saying is we need to shift that paradigm to understand like self-empowerment that we have within us the ability to affect change in all areas of our lives including health and and ascension and psychic ability and all of it right rather stop looking outside yourself for some med bed or something to fix you or heal you or change you I believe so but that's also part of the journey it's a really big gateway for everyone to go oh you mean it's actually, you know, like, oh, it's actually here. And I know that's kind of a cheesy way to describe it, but it is that sort of waiting for something to happen or for someone to give us something or guess what? Disclosure's coming, I swear. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the consciousness gateways that we have to go through during, during the awakening process anyway. So, you know, I asked Susie Hansen. Do you know who Susie Hansen is? I've, I think I've heard the name, but I'm in such a bubble. I'm in such a bubble. I'm like, I don't so know. She's how- a New Zealand woman. She's um, very active in the UFO consciousness arena. And she wrote a book called Jewel Soul. She was up on the ships and she often talks about um, extraterrestrial technology. And, uh, and she says that much of the technology that they have, they've given to um, our medical thing so there's like this technology where you can put this little machine on your arm it's like a little x-ray machine but it doesn't just see your bones it sees you can change the frequency of it and you can see the nervous system and you can see the blood vessels and you can see the you know you can see different things by changing it it's just starting to come out now it's not it's not widely available in our medical systems and I said to her 
you know, why are the ETs, um, don't they have the ability to do that with their consciousness? Because, you know, can't you look inside someone with your consciousness rather than using a machine? And she said, oh, yeah, they have that ability completely. They, they don't use this technology. <laughs> They're giving it to us to use as a bridge until we understand that we can do it ourselves. Yeah. That is literally it. Fourth density training wheels. Right. Um, that's really yeah. what it is. And it's like, it's, it's, it's to train and to familiarize the human consciousness with a new wavelength of experience and a new wavelength of energy, which does eventually become entirely non-physical, entirely right. non-physical. Um, Including the internet. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's already, it's already there as I know, you know, but yeah. Yeah, and I was saying in the last couple of shows, you know, there's a great little movie made by uh, Stephen Simon, who was on my show a couple of weeks ago, and Neil Donald Walsh, uh, he stars in it actually, uh, James Twyman made it called Indigo, and it's about the kids that are on the, you know, psychic internet and talking to each other on the internet, uh, the sort of psychic internet and introducing themselves, it's kind of like Facebook for the mind. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That is yeah. a literally real thing. And yeah. we are all interacting there constantly. Um, very, very much so um, on a shocking level. That is one of the things we are actively teaching people to connect with right now, that sort of shared density astral space. Um, and it is absolutely real. You can definitely connect to it. Um, you and I had even a moment of connection before we came in here and I looked down and you had just messaged me and I was like, whoa, there we go. So, I mean, it's absolutely there. Um, yeah. I mean, Seth said, I've said this many times on the show, I read the Seth books 30 odd years ago, uh, that we're all communicating telepathically at a subconscious level. And really what we're doing is awakening to the consciousness that we're doing it, to the awareness that we're doing it on a conscious level, because subconsciously we are. And she said, or she said, they said that you couldn't drive on your roads if you weren't communicating telepathically on a subconscious level. Yeah, so it's already there. Facebook for the mind is already there. But getting back to the scalar energy and the sound energy, you know, this has been uh, illustrated through things like opera singers can break a glass with the vibration of their voice, right? And, and so it's seeing how voice or sound can actually move matter and, and shift matter. So it's always been there right in front of us, really, hasn't it? Absolutely. Well, for those that are familiar with cymatics and some of the other resonant-based experiments, and um, you will quite literally create a symbol, you will create um, a shape, and even, you know, this maybe this is a, a strange transition, but even within the scalar toning process, we discovered and were given um, a thing known as capsule phrases, or rather what I have called capsule phrases, which is basically a capsulized form of the scalar wave energy that allows a person to send a three or four syllable phrase, and within in that phrase is actually a wavelength of energy, possibly a color, possibly a feeling, possibly an emotion, actually whatever you want to put into it. And so it's a little bit of the next evolutionary stage of what you talk about when you talk about, you know, the opera singer shattering glass. We also have the ability to send that vocal wavelength frequency out and it will reach the human body and unpack an entire experience, unpack an emotion actually sent within the body. It'll work its way right over to certain organs and sort of release things. And 
um, yeah, capsule phrases. And so we've actually identified a number of them that work specifically in between chakras, um, throughout the chakras, a number of phrases that actually will open up meridian points in the body, um, all the way down to the extent that I have it sort of, uh, you know, localized between the upper Dantian, the middle Dantian, and the lower Dantian. They're actual phrases that you can utter. We uh, teach them in our groups and our classes. So they're verbal phrases. So absolutely, you, you speak them out loud. They're not a psychic thing. They're um, well, you can also use it internally. And that's the really uh -huh. cool thing about scalar wave frequency is that it begins in a process where you create a tone very much like, you know, you'll create this tone. But what you will find is that shortly afterward, after you practice it for a while, which is honestly why I love training people and doing this is you will find you don't even have to make the sound. And it's just this. Right. So you can place. evoke the frequency without the because like the sound, the physical sound is just on a very limited spectrum and mm -hmm. it goes beyond physical sound. So what are the ultrasound, for instance, the sound that we can't hear, but yet we can look inside the body with it. So it's, it's outside the physical uh, spectrum. But oh, still abs sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Which we find has a much greater amount of impact on emotional well-being, on emotions within the body, on the non-physical things that we take as being, well, that's just the way I am. I don't know. It always feels like that. We find that when you sort of reach it with a different sort of vibration that's outside of sort of the third density modalities, it creates an entirely different shift. And I'll actually give you one of them. You can use this or people that can watch this show can use this. It's a very, very simple phrase and it's for your spleen chakra. Okay. It's incredibly simple. It's three syllables and it's da, re, o. And it's so simple, people can just go da re and what it actually does is it, it will open the spleen chakra in both the front and the back. And so why do people, why would you even want to do that? Um, because it creates a draining of other people's emotions in the body. And it allows your true emotional state to kind of settle in the sort of human container, it sort of pushes out other energy and um, it has a huge effect on people. But yeah, Dario. Well, so when you use that, those words, what, uh, what level of you know what free, are you doing it low are you doing it middle are you doing it high what's the octave that's a really good question um to be honest with you by my understanding when one is creating the scalar wave frequency it does not matter it is a okay. simple vibration that the body emits now what you will find is that as you continue to practice this process you will receive different tones you will send an energy into a person's body and sometimes it's like clear and full and true and it's like you can feel the energies vibrating and other times you'll do it and it's not so much that the the pitch or the note or the octave of it matters it's the integrity of how you're able to create the vibration and so for some people they'll do scalar toning and it's like uh, you know and it's a very throaty kind of visceral thing other people come in and it's this like whoo and it's really not which is one of the most important things that we teach is it's, it's, it's never an arpeggio. It's never the song. It's never a performance. It's you allowing the body to vibrate on a vocal level on such a way that you don't even know what's coming out. And so you'll just, when you allow this thing to come forth. And for me, that has been the most effective way to do it. But I have found over the years is that they will change. Um, and there are notes and there are wavelengths that hit the body a little bit better. And yeah, the upper chakras can be higher in pitch and the lower chakras sometimes require a more throaty vibration. But um, so I guess it does matter, but it's different in every case. So. so really the guidance would be just to feel into it. You know, I've been doing sound for years. Like there was a time oh, over 10 years ago, which I used to get together and do mantra and chanting with a group. And it was always beautiful and I loved it. 
and I always felt delicious afterwards. And then I've been going to kirtan and toning and, and everyone sort of doing their, giving us the mantras and giving us, it was all very structured and I've done lots of that. But I have to tell you, Matthew, that the, the most powerful time I ever felt sound move was um, somebody asked me to come and do some energy clearing in a, in a place in Sydney. And I said, no, I don't want to go. And anyway, I woke up that morning and I'm like, okay, I'm going. And I bumped into an old friend. And this guy that was guiding us said, don't go into the cemetery because there's really nasty energy in there. We'll just, we'll just sit around the cemetery. And I thought, well, damn it. If I've got out of bed for this and we're here, then I'm going into the cemetery. So I marched in there and this friend of mine followed. And the two of us just started toning. We had no idea what we were doing. We just started toning. And honestly, I felt like I could lift off with the energy, like I could physically levitate. It was so powerful in that moment. I felt like I could lift. And that was the most powerful time I've ever experienced. It was kind of frightening too. It was kind of frightening, but it was just awesome. It was just awesome. I've never experienced that since. I've I've not really tried, but something happened in that moment. Like we just had intention to clear energy. We had no agenda and we had no idea what we were doing. And we just just started toning so coming back to maybe getting out of our heads and just have an intention and just let loose really just go for it that that certainly works in many cases kind of like you're talking about we will be called to sort of do a thing and we don't know why we're doing it and it happens and it's just, it's a very distinct process um there are also some other more measured ways in which we can create the vibration but i, I guess if there's one thing that i've learned over the past few years of teaching people this um, is that everyone has their own method. Everyone has yeah. their own frequency. Everyone has their own way. And as a person who, when I first started doing professional psychic work, a lot of people were said, you know, just uh, do this, do step one and, you know, make this ball of light and just, you know, make a column and, you know, say these words and boom. And I was like, all right, okay, okay, sure. I'll totally do that. But how, how do I actually do that? How do I know that it's working? And what I figured out was after trying other people's stuff was that, well, seems like everyone has their own way. And when I started making things uniquely my own and allowing my the own, you know, sort of higher self counsel to say, well, here's a way that works for you. Um, my, my experience completely and utterly changed. And so um, it kind of depends on the setting in which we do this work. Like when we do it at events, it's very much what I call energy medicine triage care, where we're working with, you know, the most prevalent kind of most pressing acute issues. When we do private sessions, um, it's a whole different story, but um, you know, it's, it, it sort of takes a number of forms. Now it's not always about toning. There's a number of stuff that we do, but I think it was really born through the, the sort of contact with extraterrestrial energy, at least for me. And so, um, yeah. So I see that you do a lot of chats, a lot of talks with extraterrestrial conferences and stuff like that. How do you think that the sort of awareness and disclosure is helping humanity? I suppose is exactly what we've been talking about, really. It's like they're giving, they're giving us their technology, really, energy, consciousness, technology. Yeah, when it, when it comes to disclosure, I don't know, some, sometimes I... I I feel a bit cynical when I say this, but I I really believe this disclosure has already happened. If people were waiting for the government or any of the governments to tell us something about ETs, you're going to wait for a very, very long time. We are actually disclosure and we experiencers are actually the process of disclosure. And so um, it's, it's already happened. It's something that we are embodying and it's something that we are living on a daily basis as is 
the phenomenon of extraterrestrial contact and the way that humans are in constant contact with extraterrestrial forces and extraterrestrial members of what we would call our soul family. Uh, but the ways in which we perceive this energy is different. And it's not always possible to make physical contact on the earth plane. And it's not even necessarily the best way to do it for humans. If you want to get technical, for a lot of us, physical contact will not be a very easily integrated experience. And that's why for many of us on the earth plane, we are going through a telepathic, a sort of dream time experience, an energetic realm experience. We're tying into these etheric internet kind of wavelengths that you and I are talking about. And much of the telepathic kind of conferencing we're having right now is telepathically related, uh, designed um, or extraterrestrial contact is telepathically related, designed to give us clues and hints and pieces of ourselves so that we can create the change here on earth so that, you know, those, those physical things will come sooner. And I'm sort of losing my train of thought of that, but um, it's happening constantly and we are disclosure. And so anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I agree with you. Susie Hansen talks about the three waves of volunteers, which has been um, said that Dolores Cannon spoke about it, but Dolores Cannon, had a very small um, piece of the puzzle where Susie was given the whole thing. And she says that the second waivers are the, um, are the communicators and they're the mm. communicators of their experience. So as more and more people come out and say, oh man, I spoke to a seven foot praying mantis, you know, it ceases to be crazy and it starts to become a part of the norm, a part of the narrative, a part of like, yeah, it's, it's disclosure as more and more people communicate their experiences. So yeah, that that is disclosure, as as opposed to when it's going to happen on a mass global scale. I think we need to raise our frequency, our consciousness, so much more on a collective level than we have currently. Yeah, yeah. Although it is kind of happening on a global scale, <laughs> it is literally happening on a global scale. And I know this is always a fun, twisty road to turn down. But there's a number of people literally walking around our earth right now in media and politics and just normal people who are very, very knowledgeable that they are not a human being and they are here living amongst the humans. It is a literal fact of life. Here in Los Angeles, I was made aware of an actual sort of a boarding house or a community home situation in which there was a group of actual hybrid beings living there through, I think it was around 2017 and 2018, with full knowledge, full knowledge of the government. It's absolutely, completely known. There's a number of other countries where they'll have these as well. Um, by my understanding, a lot of them have sort of cleared out and it's not a thing that's hospitable right now. Um, but yeah, there's tons of it, tons of it going on. And uh, most of it cannot be revealed. Most of it will not be. I think what it does look like when we look into like the sort of overall time stream, and I know there's a number of intuitives looking at this, we all see a different thing, but we do see kind of uh, around like a 2025 catalyzing event that's going to take place. And I don't ever say the date, you know, it's not like it's going to happen in 2025, but it does look like we're sort of leading up to a bit of a precedent that's designed to take place over the next couple of years to push us in a number of directions. For some people, it does look like a series of physical contacts begin, but for others, it's going to be a stepping into a new identity in which certain things are just, you understand that's the way it is. And so um, anyway, yeah, well, it is people, coming. People have been throwing around dates for this cataclysmic or cataclysmic, you know, event the event for ages. Um, I don't know. I've got to stop thinking about dates. There's always a date, right? There's, always, it's good this there's year. always a date. And then again, it's this idea that, that something's going to happen that's going to either save us or destroy us. You know, there's this like, it's this, it's this projection into the future instead of being 
in the now moment you know it's like like what who are you right here right now like what is your happening with your vibration right now as you're listening to this as you're watching this what are you feeling what's the energy that you're flowing who are you being in this moment forget about tomorrow (laughs) let's come back to the now but uh, what did I want to say to you um so Craig in the last show spoke about this woman called, uh, who I'm completely mesmerized with. She's since lost, left her body, Elizabeth Clara, who was a South African woman. He spoke very briefly on her in the last show, who was in contact with a group of um, Venusians, I suppose, but a highly advanced group of people that lived in Alpha Centauri on a planet in Alpha Centauri. And, and I read her book. And the one thing that they said that I think is very poignant is that they can't really land on earth because of our pollution. They have to land on the highest mountain where there's less pollution because they're used to an environment that's pristinely clear. Like we as humans live inside this world. We think it's normal, like normal, like Sydney's pretty clear. But if you go to somewhere like China, you see the pollution and, you know, but we live inside this and most beings that live off world don't live inside this sort of polluted you know, environment. And so they can't really be here for too long. Or maybe they have to wear masks or whatever because they're not used to our environment. So we need to, we need to clean up the environment, seriously clean it up to sort of have them physically here, really, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think there are, you know, there, there have been many, many, there are currently still a number of physical extraterrestrial beings living on earth. But I think for, for, for many of us, and this has just been my experience. So I always say, take it with a grain of salt, whoever hears this, because invariably someone's like, that's not how it works. I know how it actually is. And so that's why I'm always like, take it with a grain of salt. But from what I have been shown and experienced um, for most of the extraterrestrial contacts that are happening right now, there's literally no need for them to show up in your backyard or to fly over the White House lawn, um, especially when you can just contact someone telepathically within this sort of, you know, right. internalized internet that we have. The problem for us on Earth, and this is a very wise, I wouldn't call it a problem, it's a normalcy. We do not know how to perceive such, such messages. We, we have not, you know, gone through the processes to open up the sort of non-physical anatomy that allow us to tune and receive and understand and even be aware of the stuff that's coming in. And so it is my firm belief that each and every one of us within this sort of physical life cycle who makes the choice to develop themselves on a much more spiritual or energetic level will invariably receive extraterrestrial contact. It is part of your journey here on earth to receive the understanding of the many versions of yourself, but it's also a choice. And not everyone, you know what I mean? Not everyone's going to choose it. Not everyone's going to do that. Some people came here to come through, you know, the sort of jab timeline and like, you know, like the control structure that they're stepping into. Some people came here to have that. Others, another experience. And so I guess that's a little bit of a non sequitur, but it leads me to, you know, one of the coolest things right now and that we are living in a time on earth, Karen, in which there are many realities here coinciding in the now moment and we're walking down the street nowadays with other people who are actually living in another world it's a literal thing and yet we're all here in the same physical space and so um anyway i'm just kind of going on and on there but there will be a lot more contact to come. well every reality is someone else's own reality like eight billion realities um I, uh, yeah i, I want to ask you yeah I, I just want to tell you about 
you know, the thing that fascinated me the most was with um, Garnet Schulhauser, who I had on the show, and he said that he spoke to a woman who was a university lecturer and she lectured in quantum physics and she was actually an extraterrestrial wearing a holographic image Mm -hmm. and she could turn it off and she looked like a blue being. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was this blue extraterrestrial, but she had this holographic image that when we look at if with our physical eyes, we see a human and she was lecturing at a university. And I just thought that was like, I wonder how many more of them are around like that. Yeah. So that was interesting. So I guess the pollution didn't affect her, but what do you think about the secret space program? What's your, uh, what, what's, what's your information about it? Is it something that you've just listened to or read, or have you had any experience with it yourself? It was a really big gateway kind of awakening for me. And I always say this because a lot of people have been asking me about secret space program lately. I am not one of the, I am definitely not a secret space program person. I did not have that experience. For some reason, I have had many clients who have had a number of experiences um, within what do appear to be legitimate physical and non-physical, what we could call timelines, experiences, programs. Um, there are also a number of people on the earth plane right now going through the awakening process who are organically becoming aware of alternate concurrently running timelines that do mirror or feel very much like what we have been calling a secret space program. So by my view, what we're tuning, tuning into are a number of things. One of those has to do with these sort of clandestine earth-based and off-earth-based projects that are using a number of you know, technological forms, through mostly through military. And then there's also another type of a secret space program that is mostly off-world that is working with a whole number of civilizations all throughout the galaxy, which is also another what we would call program, but it's really a breakaway society of many different beings that have been constantly interacting with Earth this entire time. Um, and then at this, on the third one, and you know, there's much more than three, it's not that we're quantifying, but there is also um, what looks like a concerted effort on the part of what looks like some three-letter agencies and other organizations to create a very false, distorted kind of agendified version of that timeline as well. So it's many things all together. Um, I am not, you know, I used to be obsessed with it. It was one of the primary gateways that I, I, I sort of walked through when I came into this, but I also began to understand that it's literally a gateway and that it is not the be all end all of many people's spiritual journey. Because I think for each of us, if we are able to really look into the fabric of your past and concurrently running lives, you're going to inevitably find versions of you that are existing within that reality space. Part of our journey here as humans is to become aware of the multitude of the versions of us that exist in those planes. And when there is a great amount of collective consciousness attaching itself to a secret space program, quote unquote, timeline, those of us who are going through the awakening process are going to organically start tuning in to that aspect of ourself and that reality. It doesn't mean that everyone who announces themselves as always in the secret space program does not necessarily mean that they had that physical experience in this lifetime, but many people did. And so it's, it's a, it's a very multi-layered thing that is both real, both physical, both non-physical. And you're going to watch in the coming 10 years of how a new wave of understandings and disclosures come forth, just like, you know, how the super soldier thing kind of waned that passed by a few years ago. And so we got a new one. Now we got the secret space program, both real and also non-real, depending on who you connect with about it. Um, But yeah, they're, they're, will be others and i think that's really part of uh what some people call the unveiling of hidden knowledge and it is a literal 
literal chapter of our journey on earth and so hopefully that makes sense but that's how i see it. so how do you think people can discern when they're listening to people talk about this stuff uh if it's real or not real because there's a lot of people out there talking about the super soldier program right. you know right. there's a guy that's been interviewed on guy or on the cosmic disclosure who speaks a lot or everywhere and when he speaks i just get this no i just get no i just get no i don't know <laughs> I just get a no. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can see his face in your head. I know. Yeah, thank you. I, I also agree. Um, and anyway, I, I kind of lost the essence of your question there. Oh, Sorry. Well, how do you discern what is real thank and you. what is what's real, and and do we need to know this information? How does this information influence our lives? How does it make us ascend? How does it make us live better? I mean, how does this information help us? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I think that it helps us by us coming aware or coming to the awareness of the multitude of the versions of us and the many aspects and the facets of human consciousness that are both physical and non-physical that exist both within the timeline, meaning the chronological period we are in, and also exist outside of it. I think that the awareness of things like the secret space program are part of our journey here on Earth. There will be many other new awarenesses and disclosures. And that's one of the big ones. Now, how do we understand what is real and what is not? I think it depends on who you would ask or what practitioner, or spiritual teacher, everyone's going to have their own answer. Um, for me, what I have found is that there is a very tangible thing, what I call the frequency of truth. The fun thing about the frequency of truth is that everyone gets their own version. And so everyone's truth is a little bit different based on a number of, you know, agreements that we make with the outer world, our inner world. And so it is possible for us to greatly enhance um, just that internal BS meter. It is absolutely real. And what we have found is that there's specific areas in the body that facilitate that. The first one is usually within the solar plexus. For a lot of us within the solar plexus, chakra exists a bit of uh, what we would call, you know, a polygraph sort of thing. Many of us had a very clean version when we were kids. And, you know, we all know we would get this feeling or maybe somebody would come home and you don't even see them. And you're like, you just know, you just get this feeling it's in the air, you know, or someone would say something to you and you'd be like, you just know, but we weren't really taught to embrace it. We were not taught to cultivate it. Um, and so the frequency of truth is emitted from the solar plexus um, within the meridian body. It's a number of places. It interacts with our triple warmer. It interacts with the gallbladder meridian, it interacts with a number of places um, within the organ system. It interacts with the liver and the spleen very, very heavily, but also the lungs. Why does it interact with the lungs? Um, because there's a tremendous amount of cloudy energy that we gather from the world within the lungs. And you can think of it a little bit like an aquarium. But once we start to clear those elements, um, oh, and thank you, someone just reminded me the most important one, the lymphatic system. Um, and so by clearing elements of the chakra system, opening up sort of emotions in the body, and finally, becoming utterly obsessed with your lymphatic system, you can actually alter this, this, the chemical makeup of your body so you will physically feel what is true and what is not. Now, it does not mean that that is an infallible sense because part of our journey here on earth is to have that experience of understanding how it works. And so there's a lot of learning that takes place, but it can be very greatly enhanced. Um, a lot of it also happens within the inner child. But anyway, I'll just go on and on about that one. So <laughs> I will pause there. <laughs> yeah yeah you can talk <laughs> I'm, I, I'm thinking for people listening to this 
they'll need to like slow it down a little. And go back and say, what did he say? Go back in. Yeah. Like, what did he say? Anyway, that's why um, I like record nearly everything because I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know, <laughs> you know. But, okay, yeah. so just switching it up a little bit, what do you think about what's currently happening on our world at the moment without getting too engaged so that I get taken down off YouTube because one of my oh totally yeah trust I me was, I've been taken down it's like stuff has been taken down and all I've been doing is talking about health and oh, totally. um, and that's I haven't even been mentioning the the names and I've been taken totally. down so it's yeah you have really, yeah no worry I, I'm a I'm a master at not using prohibited keywords I've never <laughs> been yeah no I have a really beautiful in invisibility spell but um, what do I think is okay. going on on the earth plane? You mean sort of uh, socio-politically or energetically? What what area? Yeah, what's you your like? take on what's happening? Everyone's talking about it, you know, like. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just watching. There's an Australian guy that has this YouTube channel and he was showing stuff that's happening in France and people sitting in cafes and police coming up and checking if they've been, you know, checking stuff. And um, But what he was saying was that the cafes are predominantly empty. There's like half a dozen people sitting in this cafe so even though they're rolling out some laws people are choosing um to sort of boycott it anyway it's really interesting what's happening in our world at the moment what's your take on it matthew i believe this is always a fun one i believe that we are living in the number one greatest time we could have ever chosen to incarnate here on this planet we are living in a time of absolute utter just parasitic control structures being placed upon us whether it be through the inoculation of some form of medical technology, whether it be through a non-physical control structure, whether it be through laws or just elements that are being passed, we are living in a stage of human consciousness in which timelines are changing. And so what I think is happening right now is there's a great wave of control structure that's being placed over us specifically to hyper-pressurize human consciousness to catalyze some form of change. Now we are in the stage of that change period in which it's just starting to pressurize. And so, um, um, what I think is going to happen over the next few years, and I, I will dispense this in a in a uncensorable way, is there's going to be a <laughs> lot of people losing the ability to procreate. There's going to be a massive, massive shift in the Earth's population. There's going to be a number of people in certain age groups that are uh, developing the next pre-existing condition in the body. Um, and yes, part of it is a bit of a, what we would call a operating system that's being introduced into the human body, but really what it really is, is a population control period. And we're going to be living through that period very, very successfully. It is something that we have already passed through, but we have to go through the experiential process. Um, and so for me, it's the number one greatest time to be alive. There's catalysts for change and growth everywhere. But for a lot of people on the earth plane right now, it's very traumatic and it's very, very difficult. And so um, honestly, it's what we came here for. Absolutely, Matthew. I absolutely agree. You know, I've, as I said, I woke up a long time ago. So 20 odd years ago, we were sitting in groups. I was facilitating um, spiritual groups, meditation, healing groups. And we were talking about the shift and we were talking about ascension. But when I looked down into the world, nothing was changing. But you cannot say that today. And um everything's changing everything's changing and it's exactly what you say it's exactly why we're here it's exactly what we came so as we renovate the world we can't cry at the demolition of the old structures you know if you're going to build a new house this is what my guides say to me you've got to pull down the old house in order to put up the new structure and and there's some structures that are being pulled down and what was happening what in this youtube i was watching this morning this aussie guy 
he was saying that even the people that have elected to have the uh, allopathic remedy that's on offer are still boycotting the cafes because of the, um, you know, the control system. And I thought, yeah. isn't that interesting? Even though they're sort of up with the program, so to speak, they're still not sitting at the cafes. You know, a handful yeah. of them are. But, you know, Paris with its cafe culture, everyone's out, but no one's out. There's like a handful of people out. So summer in Europe, summer where you are at the moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. so it's interesting what's happening. It's really interesting what's happening. My take on it is that... Um, just like your healing work, when when the light hits your body, it reveals all that's been hidden. So those subconscious programming, the fears that you're, you know, like that's what healing does. It has to reveal it before it can change it, right? It needs to come up so that you can see what you're working with. And as the light is hitting planet Earth, it's revealing, it's revealing systems that we've been living under and not realizing that we are in a system that is controlled, that we don't have the freedoms we think we have. And so as the light hits planet Earth, it's just ramping up. It's ramping it up. It's revealing it. And oh, yeah. um, so to complain about, you know, a medical system that's trying to control the population, the medical systems always try to control them. But it's nothing's changed. Oh, yeah. What's different? It's just more exaggerated in it's more, yeah. The, the yeah. awareness of it. Yeah. So for, for those of us that will find this broadcast in the space of time, I really want to say no matter who you are at this stage of the journey, there is a literal new version of you approaching. There's a new element of your identity and you are living on earth in the stage in which um, there is literal magic afoot. And so for those of us that are out there hearing this, please take heart, heal the inner child, um, and understand that you have a number of abilities that are naturally developing at this stage of your life on earth, but it is our choice to begin to awaken them. It is our choice to go through the process. And for those that seek to learn more about it, you guys can find me through my website. We have a new training program starting in October, and we're in a screening and interviewing phase for that in the School of Multidimensional Intuition. So um, for people that want to learn about, you know, how to get trained and how to understand energy. What is it like when we're experiencing, you know, these sort of downloads? How do we actually use these abilities and, you know, foster this change in ourselves and then bring that to the rest of the world? Um, that's quite literally what we are doing. And so um, that's the next stage of my journey um, starting up in October. And so, yeah, it's really, truly an honor to be here with you. I have seen your show several times and it, it, I am one of those people who, um, I, I don't really do a lot of interviews. I used to try really hard and I used to go to the world and be like, hey, world, here's me doing this thing. And what I found was as soon as I did that, people were like, really? And so I, I, have, I have spent several years in just doing my thing and just kind of honoring the power that was given to me. And what I have found was that there is a period of time in which suddenly, you know, spirit came calling. And when you say, you know, we'll give, you know, I want a mission, sometimes they will bring that to you. And so for me, and I know many other people, and I'll sort of close with this, the mission right now is getting to know yourself, understanding that there is an ancient mystic, there is an ancient healer, and there is a spiritual warrior inside each of us. And this world needs you now more than ever. And so that's why we're here. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So for people who are listening on audio, uh, what Matthew was saying was when he was reaching out to be on shows, people were pushing him away because you did it 
yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> people went like they went like what? oh yeah oh they absolutely were, yeah i, I get were, this constantly they were like you don't have ten thousand people on youtube therefore you don't matter you know what i mean that sort of thing and you're like okay. really i know oh yeah totally yeah yeah i love it but I that's know. how it is people go into this as a business i don't you know i don't I, this is not a business for me. It would be counterintuitive to put healers on and, and promote them when I'm a healer myself. So it's not about, Oh business. my Lord. It, it's about, yeah. it's about spreading awareness. Really. It's about spreading awareness, whether you've, you have nobody, you know, no YouTube channel or whatever. Yeah. It's just about spreading awareness. So thank you so much, Matthew, for thank being you. on the show with thank me you. today. Absolutely. Thank you for opening the door all those years ago for all of us awakening people. Thank you for doing the work, for going through the traumas and the triumphs and, you know, however many years it's been. I mean this very sincerely. Thank you to the forerunners and people like you. They're like, man, we got a whole new crew of people coming in. We got work to do because back because, you know, back in those stages, it was a lot harder. You know what I mean? Like those of us that popped open just about five or six years ago, we're like, woohoo, here we go. Alien stuff. And, you know, you're like, hey, you, you guys don't know what we had to go through to get here and so thank you for that i mean that very sincerely well oh thank you that's beautiful but it's so true uh we've been talking about mass awakening so to hear to you know to share your story of like five years ago i awakened and like look what i'm doing now is is just establishing what we were talking about 20 years ago you know there's people are going to be waking up there's going to be mass awakenings and that's still happening now as i've done the show for 12 years just listening to people oh in 2006 and 2008 listening to when people started wakening up and it's just going to happen more and more and more and more so in another five years it'll be amazing how many people will have gone through you know not exactly what you've gone through but yeah you know it's uh, amazing so we'll amazing. get our own version yeah thank you thanks again absolutely amazing matthew amazing i hope he didn't talk too fast he talks very fast but i could keep up with him but i'm thinking hopefully all the rest of you can keep up with what he was saying. Uh, he has a, has a lot to share. It's, it's amazing how much, how far he's come in five years. It, it's truly amazing. Uh, he talked about the Dantians and all sorts of things that I could have gone into. I could have asked him about, but I didn't. Uh, so they're just names for energy meridians and energy centers of the body. You know, most people understand the chakras, but um, it's just names for energy. I don't think knowing the names for things makes a difference. I remember when I was studying herbalism and we were, we had to learn all the botanical names to all the plants. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what difference does it make if I know the botanical name? Cause I couldn't remember all these big Latin names. I could remember their, you know, like mint and stuff like that. I could remember their generic names, but not all the big. And I'm thinking, does it really make a difference in how you make your tincture? If you know it's botanical name or, Anyway, humans just love to label things. We love identifying everything with labels, but as long as you, you can feel it, you know what you're doing, that's all good. So I'm not going to say too much more. Thanks again for listening and watching. And I'll, uh, who's coming up next week? I can't remember. Somebody, I think we're not going galactic next week. As you can see, most of the shows have been quite galactic, but um, today was more about healing technology, energy technology. But I think we've got a past life, an NDE person on next week. And Preston Dennett is coming into the Inner Sanctum this weekend. So we're having a galactic Inner Sanctum. And I'm online every week teaching deliberate creation, how you can flow your energy by choosing how you think and feel. Fundamental. I think it should be 
taught at every school the fundamental process of knowing who we are as deliberate conscious creators genius creators because we are genius creators because everything that's happening to us is happening because we've aligned with it how can we be more deliberate in aligning our energy so we can create a world we want and in this time more than ever we need to align with the good with what we want to see as a and not let the media or the social you know networks you know that are feeding us all this terrible you know stuff not to get angry or upset or pissed off because then we're not flowing our energy in a way that is going to create what we want we're just flowing our energy in a way that's going to create more of the same because like attracts like so when you get really conscious about this and really deliberate you can look out into a world that appears to be crazy and still maintain your energy flow in a way that is deliberately creating what you want to see in the world and in your life. And as I said with Matthew, you know, what we're seeing now is an uncovering of the control that's always been there, but we're seeing it even more exaggerated. As the light hits planet Earth, it reveals the misalignment with it. As you turn up the volume on the light, you get to see all the dirt. And we're seeing a lot of it in our world. So it's not to get upset about what we're seeing. It's coming to the surface so it can be transmuted. People are reaching out to me saying, what am I going to do about that? What, what am I going to do about this? They're rolling out laws and they're rolling out this. And I say, just wait, just wait a couple of years. Just wait. You know, people won't stand for it. A couple of years, it'll all be gone. A few years, it'll all be gone. Yeah, this is an intense time and it's going to get more intense over the next few years, but that intensity will transform our world. Absolutely. All right. Big love to you all. Remember, check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.